either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Early January at the movies, or, or mid-January, let's put it that way. But even then, a lot of the excitement, I think, is coming from award season. Not so much uh, on the screen. It can be a dead time. It can be a rough time. And uh, we'll see if that translates this week. Welcome in. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. Let us start on the big screen. A woman swimming in her pool at night is terrorized by an evil spirit. New one called Night Swim. I can hear you. Why aren't you saying anything? Ronan, you're dead. Marco. That's not even an actor. Yeah, another not a great synopsis. Mm-mm. It's always the the wheel of synopses on <laughs> IMDb every week. Yeah, that one doesn't quite sum it up. But a haunted swimming pool is basically the the hook here. It's PG thirteen horror. It is uh, early to mid January. Those are two great big red flags. Yeah, but so why would we? Be cautiously optimistic because it's uh, it's Jason Blum and James Wan directing. Or excuse me, producing, not directing. Yeah, producing. their names are attached to it. Yep. Carrie Condon, Oscar nominee from last year's Banshees of Anna Sharon, is in the lead. Uh, also, um, Wyatt, Russell. Wyatt Russell. Yep. You know, um, but even from the first trailer, I thought, well, this is wildly not scary and that is that is how it turned out yeah the co-writer and director bryce mcguire this based i guess on a short film um so now they've fleshed it out to about an hour and a half and yeah it's very i mean it unfortunately it it qualifies those red flags i mean it fulfills those red flags Mm -hmm. it's very much the, the high school type horror i mean the the jump scares, there's very little here. Even if you're in high school, it's more like junior high. Yeah. I mean, there's very little here to uh, get you unnerved or scared. The, the basic, yeah, the hook is this family. Wyatt Russell plays a, um ex-major leaguer who's struggling with early signs of MS. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to rehab. He's, of course, he hopes to make it back to the, to the major leagues, but that's probably... Not going to happen. Anyway, they they buy this house. And one of the reasons to buy this house is it has a pool, an old rundown pool, and he wants to do water therapy to mm-hmm. help his help his condition. And so they get it all back to uh, back to running order. And lo and behold, early on, it's almost like a cocoon pool. He gets a, a lot better very very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's apparently a price to be paid for that magic, that there's uh, there's some evil in the pool, and it starts, to me, it, it starts bringing together little pieces of movies like The Ring or some of those J-horror mm-hmm. uh, where there's a... You, you knew I knew right away. In fact, I leaned over to you because there was no one at our screening. We could talk freely amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that you know she's going to go to the computer at some point and dig up the history of the house mm-hmm. and people that used to live mm-hmm. there. You could see all of these buildings blocks coming. But again, if maybe you're a 
a younger audience member that doesn't have that history, you might find it more engaging. But it was just it was just so generic and silly. And I'm like you, Carrie Condon. I'm like, you know, she signed this contract before Banshees of Inisherin. You know it. There's no way <laughs> yeah, she's going to follow up that no. great performance with something like this because it's just it's going to be here and gone so quickly. Oh yeah, because it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't deliver anything. You know, it doesn't even deliver on like sort of. You know, there's one scene where you see a kid is on someone's shoulders. And he, he can't get off someone's shoulders, and that person keeps walking deeper and deeper into the deep end, so the kid is trying to keep his head above water. Um, that If that's shot properly, that can cause a lot of anxiety. Like, if you're in this kid's point of view, and you're, but it's just not. It's just not. It's not shot well to even generate tension from, you know, the scares that it does have. No, and the characters, as is the case in a lot of... Uh less than stellar horror movies, make some pretty stupid decisions. What it comes down to the fact, like you were saying, is there something here to scare you at all? No. no. I mean, they go for some jump scares with some things in the pool, and, you know, there's some some evil magic going on because once they get in the pool, there are times when it's much, much deeper than it really is. So they enter some other otherworldly realm and with all the creatures and things going on. But uh, man, there's just there's there's very little here to even make it seem like a horror film, really. Yeah, no, it's. I'm it's, kind of curious to go look up the short, honestly, yeah. to to wonder what it is that made you think. Ooh, we can make this to make you think. We can make this a a compelling feature because it's just not. It's just not at all. Uh, there's also I have to say there's this this driving idea of of uh, masculine sacrifice. And uh, that I I hated, really mm-hmm. viscerally hated. Yeah. You know, as soon as as soon as his character was introduced, I knew exactly how this movie was going to end, and I hated it that very second. Yeah, the two of them, her especially, yeah. uh, the two of them are just are better than this. Oh, they are better. I mean, than this this, yeah. this material just there's nothing here to uh, to keep your attention, hardly at all. And that is Night Swim out now in theaters. Let's go to Netflix for a true-life adventure drama. The flight of a rugby team crashes on a glacier in the Andes. The few passengers who survived the crash find themselves in one of the world's toughest environments trying to survive. This is Society of the Snow. Well, for anybody who missed Bayona's film, The Impossible, that movie predicted how great this movie would be. Yeah, this is a director and co-writer, J.A. Bayona. Uh, Not only did The Impossible, but since then he did uh, A Monster Call. So great. Well, he also did The Orphanage, which is my favorite of his films. Oh, The Orphanage, yes. My favorite of his films. The Orphanage. Uh, but then after The Impossible, did uh, A Monster Calls, mm-hmm. and then the one episode, Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom, I think it was. Yes, boo. Mixed mixed yeah. results. Oh, no, yeah, that, but, that uh, movie sucks. <laughs> this one does not. And it's, if you didn't know, um, this is the latest treatment, and there's been many over the years, books and articles and movies about this uh, legendary 1972 uh, Andes flight disaster. It's a Uruguayan rugby team, mostly. Most of, most of the, the plane uh, passengers were with this team. 
They crashed in the Andes, and then those who survived the crash had to survive the elements. And it's it's an incredible, just unbelievable story of survival. And and right away, I admit right up front, I'm a sucker for these types of movies. Yes, you are. Um, and I think Bayona obviously likes them too. I mean, yes. and he did such a great job with The Impossible. Not only the entire film, but if you remember, the filming of the tsunami. It was insane. Hitting, it was so compelling. It, and believable. And, and realistic, yeah, yeah, it was, and, it was, uh, it was shattering. And so that translates here with the set piece of the actual plane crash, which is incredible. I mean, it's it's nerve shredding. It is done so well that you're just it's it's breath stopping. And that's just right near the front, obviously, because it's not just about the story is not just about the plane crash, but what comes after that as well. And this is based on a book. Apparently, from what I was able to read, it's a book that Bayona found while he was researching the impossible right and it got his attention right away out of again the many books about this uh, this disaster and he right away was uh, going to secure the rights to it and try to film it it's taken all this time but um in, in looking up the book what it seemed to do differently i guess from all the other things written about this tragedy was really go in personally and gets get more intimate with each of the the passengers and try to get to to know them more mm-hmm. and know their story, especially the ones who survived the entire ordeal. And I think he follows suit with the the treatment of of the movie after the plane crash. It, it is you you get to know as many of the people are involved. It's a big cast, and actually and actually a big cast mainly of newcomers. Right, cast mostly newcomers here that are very good, and you do feel. Like you know them a little bit. One, as luck would have it, was studying medicine, which came in handy, mm. you know, and different people brought different things to the equation. So you do get to feel like you know them as much as you can in a, in a cast as large as this is. And as, as the days and weeks and months go on, I mean, they're tested not only physically, obviously, but morally and spiritually about what they are willing to do to survive. And if you know the story, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't, I'm not don't Google say, it. Right. Don't Google it. Go in, go in cold. Um, and, and then you'll want to probably research it after that because it's just, it's just an insane story of survival. And as imposing, as deadly as this environment was, as they tried to survive it, I mean, the cinematography of it is so great. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it, it's kind of a shame. It's another one of those that's on Netflix, and you'd like to see it on the big screen mm-hmm. because the the presentation of these mountains and the snow can be so beautiful. Yeah. One minute, and then there's an avalanche, and it's your your life is in danger. I think that's too. I mean, the 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 plane crash early on, as as you said, just just stunning. But there are plenty of other horrors that befall these guys mm-hmm. and the way it's shot it's yeah. it's like you feel like it's really happening yeah. i mean it's amazing his ability to shoot like natural disasters disastrous things it's amazing yeah and, and much like the impossible also make it ver- find a new depth yeah a new depth mm-hmm. to it especially one like this that has been told and retold many many times it's, it's sort of surprising once I realized that what this movie was about before I saw it. I'm like, oh, again? Right. We're going this again? Well, when you watch it, you know, well, there's something more to be found Oh, here. yeah, a lot. And uh, you really feel you feel like it's been reframed in a different way. So a big recommendation. He's a very, very talented filmmaker. You know, give him the, the, the dip with the uh, Jurassic Park 
uh, installment, but uh, even go back and see every the Everything orphanage, else. of course. Oh, yeah. And then if that. you like this, you'll probably very much like The Impossible. Oh, sure. With a well. little wee Tom Holland. Oh, wee Tom Holland. So that's good. right. Yeah. That was also Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. So, uh, yeah, very much recommend uh, Society of the Snow. And it's based on, as we said, based on a book. And it is on Netflix now. Let's go back to theaters, select theaters this weekend. Sylvia is a social worker who leads a simple and structured life. This is blown open when Saul follows her home from their high school reunion. Their surprise encounter will profoundly impact both of them as they open the door to the past. It's called Memory. Why did you follow me home from the party? Or do you only remember when it's convenient? I don't remember. You don't know what you're doing. You're not able to make rational decisions right now. Why did you leave? Things were just getting complicated. What do you mean? Why did you and Mom stop talking? When your mother was your age, I... She was out of control. Not with me. I'm having a really hard time. Welcome back. The usual for you? Oh, yeah. What's the usual? I don't know. <laughs> you know? No. Do you remember her? No. <laughs> this is the latest from writer-director Michelle Franco, who years ago did a very, very abstract drama that we liked with uh, Tim Roth yeah. called Sundown. Yeah. That was very open-ended. It was, and and really, really loosely structured so that you, it was such a, like a slice of life. You really had no idea where it was going. This one, um, a bit more structured uh, than that, certainly, but a bit less so than like your traditional kind of Hollywood film. Yeah. Um, in, in a way that... Um, I, it, I think benefits it because you do feel like you don't know where it's going. It also is one of those films that doesn't stop and have dialogue explain a situation to you. Instead, you really just sort of pick it up. I in, always appreciate that. Yeah, in mm-hmm. how sort of believable the performances are, uh, led by Jessica Chastain and um, Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, my God. They're both so good. Well, they're they're, so they usually good. are. They yeah. are. She plays Sylvia, who, as the movie opens, is celebrating her her 13 years of sobriety uh, at AA. She's brought her daughter, who is about 12. And uh, from there, you see kind of all that she has been battling and continues to battle in her life. And she's very rigid. And then uh, her sister talks her into going to this reunion. And this guy, Saul, comes over and sits down at her table. And she gets up and leaves. And he follows her home, but at a distance. And when she turns around, he'll turn around and look away. So it's very weird. He's not menacing, but it's something weird about it. And then eventually what you find out is that Saul has dementia. And sometimes he's fine. And, of course, other times he just doesn't remember anything. And it, the, the relationship that they develop is so complex and fascinating. And what the film says about so many different things is really provocative it asks more questions than it answers, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a, a a small role from Jessica Harper that is really good and biting and and uh, just really stand out. And the 
And I think that's a lot of it is the performances in this movie are they're so assured. They know exactly what they're doing. And they've created this lived in world that you kind of don't want to live in. But it's it's just done beautifully. And if you don't know the name Jessica Harper, she was back in the 70s. She was the original lead in Suspiria. Yeah. And uh, she's also Elsie Fisher, who we love from eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she got a small part of yeah, this. Is in this movie as well. And uh, yeah, so a little more, a little more something narratively to hold on to than sundown mm-hmm. and it goes in some interesting places that we won't mention yes but uh very interesting places especially with as you said with the mother character played by uh, jessica harper and that is it's in select theaters now hopefully going to get a wider release soon. soon i hope so yeah but right now in select theaters and it is called memory Let's go back to Netflix for a comedy drama. When his husband unexpectedly dies, Mark's world shatters, sending him and his two best friends on a soul-searching trip to Paris that reveals some hard truths that they each needed to face. It's called Good Grief. My husband officially died a year ago today. Such a meticulous person. He left behind one hell of a mess. Do you want to tell him where you ended up last night? People feel things that are inconvenient. That's okay. Can I ask you to have a drink with me? We have been here for you. We built you the nest. And we sat on you for a year. Time to hatch. We love you. This is us. Loving you. Now, this is writer, director, and star Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. He has a, a really solid supporting cast as well. Ruth Nega is in this, plays her, his, his, one of his two best friends. Luke Evans plays his, his husband. It's a pretty small role, but he does a nice job, really sort of creates a character quickly that you can, you know, he's got to be memorable because the whole point of the film is. Yeah. Dan Levy's character just cannot get over him. And then uh, Heimish Patel is the uh, the other best friend. From yesterday. So, yeah, then yeah. they go off to Paris. Yeah. You know, one of the things, that, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautifully shot film. It looks really, really gorgeous. It's a movie, uh, one of many, you know, that you're going to see every day about really, really rich people with cool jobs. Yeah, that can just take off to Paris. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When, and I always, uh, you know, that is always, that is off-putting. To me, like eventually I'm like, well, I don't care about rich people. Anyway. Well, it can be a very convenient device to move the story along because they have the money to do these right, things. Yeah. Oh, they just have these great jobs. Okay. But here's what I, and 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 while I do, I mean, I think that it's a good movie. I think, it's, it's, you know, the, the performances in particular are quite good, especially, especially the supporting performances. The dialogue sometimes does too much work, mm-hmm. like as opposed to memory, right? The dialogue here, it is, it is definitely... It's telling you more than it's showing you, but also in a lot of the scenes, people just don't talk like this. Right. Right. But um, on the whole, I think the film overcomes that. One of the things I thought was really interesting about it, and it took me a minute to sort of for this to settle on me. I was talking about this earlier. Ruth Negus character um, is kind of a train wreck. And, you know, you see it happening sort of on the periphery and she has a whole arc and she also bottoms out and then she comes back at the end. And then and then I thought to myself, how funny to sort of over on the side invest this much in this one character that we don't really see happen. And I thought to myself, oh, because that would be its own movie and he would be the gay best friend. Yeah. And instead they just kind of 
move yeah. the camera over here, and we focused on on the gay best friend for once, which yeah. I thought was an interesting choice agreed. to make. Agreed. Because there's so, so many movies. Come on. That's just become Countless. like a punchline. Countless. Oh, the gay best friend. You oh, yeah. 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 There's the single girl who's a bit of a train wreck, yeah. and here's her gay best friend, long-suffering, looking on. Yeah. And actually, and Dan Levy has played that role plenty yep. of times. Yep. So I thought that that was, it occurred to me that that's what was going on. And and um, um, Hamish Patel was also really, really solid in this movie in a in a uh, a, a less fully developed role. Mm-hmm. But he's he's an actor who I think, and this character needed that. You can read a lot into just his facial expressions. Like he 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 can emote quite well with just his face. And I think that that he um, added a lot of richness to the film. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a bit of a weeper. Like if that's what you're looking for. You know, a romantic film that will make you cry because mm-hmm. it says a, a dramedy, but and there are some funny moments, but it's 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 a bit of a weeper and not a bad one. And also a Caitlin Deaver, yeah, sighting, just a sighting in this one as well. <laughs> and that is uh, on Netflix now, and it is called Good Grief. And one more on VOD, an action thriller. An ex-CIA agent is reactivated when an extortionist targets the agency. Dun dun dun! It's the bricklayer. Sir, this is urgent. What am I looking at? Victor Raddick. We need to bring Vale out of retirement. What do you want? Can an old friend stop by to say hello? Someone's trying to blackmail the CIA. He can bring down our entire global network. That's why I want you to go to Greece to fix it with her. It's a big assignment for you. First time in the field, no supervisors. I'm the supervisor. Of course you are. We're going on a manhunt, not building a chimney. Never do a job without my tools. So this is one. Rennie Harlan comes out of retirement. Where has Rennie Harlan been? We haven't seen him for ages. It has been a while. It has been. And he picks up like a hot property. Apparently, I don't know this book, but apparently it's a series and they're very, very popular. And he's got a great lead. And, you know, and then I'm like thinking to myself, I can't even find it anywhere. Is it getting released? It's day and date. I'm not seeing anything. And I'm not even sure it's on VOD. It is, of course. Yeah. It is on VOD today. But I think there's a good reason why it wound up not being very buzzy. Yeah, it's not very good. No. Uh, That's why. He's a bricklayer, see? And he uh, brings his tools. And it's Aaron Eckhart who is at his best. (sighs) Oh, get you. He's just doing that through most of the movie. And sometimes he's doing it in a car that is clearly not really moving. Uh, <laughs> I, I called, I, I had you look at it specifically. Yeah. It's like, is it me? No, no. Yeah, there bad. are a couple of those. Now, there are other scenes where they cl- clearly are in a moving car and shooting out, but it's just, it's one of those many things that stack up it, that uh, just strain your patience with this movie. Another one is the real politeness of the people the baddies that he's fighting you know a group of baddies when one waits their turn okay he'll 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 deal with this guy and punch him and then turn around and the other guy has waited to attack right. until he's ready that is very love polite. that in a yeah. fight scene yeah appreciate that and also the thankless role of uh, nina dobrev um she is the cia agent who mainly is sort of a desk job and of course she's sort of frumped up a little bit and she's made fun of fun of because she's single oh you know don't tease me about it and then she's brought into the field to go work with him and all they have to pose is husband and wife and oh she has to get dolled up and she's a bombshell what i don't believe it yeah (laughs) i mean 
those things like that just and the the story and all the double crosses we've seen a million times with this CIA stuff and you get Tim Blake Nelson pops up as a guy at the top and is he dirty or not who's dirty who's a Cliff Curtis uh who who's another agent we both love. out there who's who has to wear this fedora constantly so that we can pick him out oh there he is you know but somehow he's <laughs> evaded He's evaded surveillance. Went, well, let me see if I can take a look at those tapes. Boom, fedora. Fedora. There he is. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's just it's it's not good. It's not good. Now maybe, like you said, this uh, this book series mm. is very good. I don't know, but Rennie Harlan is brought into direct, and of course he 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 started out with such a bang. Oh mm-hmm. man, you know he did the one Die Hard, which was pretty darn good, mm-hmm. and he's done long kiss good night. Yeah, 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 and then. Like you said, n- nowhere. He kind of just, he had this, really the next new action director, and you really don't see much. No, because he had some bombs. Cutthroat Island, he had some bombs. He did, Then yeah. he just ap- disappeared. Yeah, but he had that early, early oh, uh, yeah. pedigree as he's going to be the next big action director, and boy, you don't just see much of it here. To me, it just seems like he didn't really care that much. I mean, the car, the car sequences alone, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that something, it just made me think, now, is this something that they had to get some exposition and they just had to do it on on quickly. And why are you going to make it look so fake? Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it's not that that is the main problem. It's only two scenes, but yeah. they're just glaring. And one of the things that this pops out, it's just uh, about this movie. It's just more of the same tired CIA spy crap. And the, the, the characters are not well developed at all, especially if you want to continue this as some sort of series, which I guess. They would. I don't know, since it's a, a book series, mm-hmm. maybe. It does seem like it was the idea was to introduce this character for a, a potential series. I want to. I want to point something out. I mean, we both love the movie Spy. Love it for a million reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I loved about the movie Spy, right, is that they had Melissa McCarthy look as just unmemorable as possible. When they dropped her, that's what you would do with a spy. I learned this from the movie Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, by the way, is that, you know, spies don't look like what Nina Dobrev ends up looking like because then everyone notices them. And that's not what you want when you're a spy. You don't want people to like, look at that guy. So uh, not that there's anything else about this movie that seems authentic or realistic. They had to make it believable. Like they were a husband and wife, even though he's 20 some odd years older. Right, exactly. Going out to this swanky party. They got to look the part. Right, of course. Yeah, and he's got to. He's got to do a steely talk through his yeah. chin. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's a good actor. He, he is. really is. But then every once in a while, every decade or so, you get the I Frankenstein version of him, and that's all. Oh, and this is just, just not. Auto, yeah, it's, it's just autopilot stuff. Oh, it's, yeah. and, uh, it's just it's just not good. But it is on VOD, and um, it's actually pretty expensive too. It's a ten dollar it, rental. Yeah. So, you know, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's out now called The Bricklayer. Well, normally this is where we go to the lobby, but uh, the lobby is sick bay this week yeah. on the Schlocketeer. As a lot of people are, man, yeah. it's going around. It so hopefully he is, gets out from under the weather and he's back at it. And we'll talk to him uh, next week. But this week now we look ahead and hopefully we'll get, well, we definitely have more quantity next week. because We've got some quality, Yeah, too. we do. A couple of these we've already seen. But um, Mean Girls, the new Mean Girls, which we're going to see in a couple days, that is next week. And American Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies of the year. Hilarious. Yeah, it's technically a last year release because it's going to be up. It is up for awards, and deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to be looking at that next week. Also, (laughs) 
See, now this reminds me of the fact that we just got done talking about the bricklayer, and up until the time that I pushed play on the bricklayer, I could not remember the title of the bricklayer. I kept going, what is this? Is it the Crypt Keeper? Is it the Beekeeper? Because the Beekeeper is the one that we're going to see next week. That's with Jason right. Actually, Stace. we're going to see it tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Also, the Book of Clarence comes out. Uh, one called He Went That Way. The, with uh, Elordi. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's hot right now. Um, he's so hot right he's now. He's so hot right now. Destroy All Neighbors. Oh, you just watched that. I That's did. a shutter, right? It is. Also one called Reflect. One called Clear Mind. Also First Time Caller. <laughs> and then Laced. All right. So uh, definitely more to talk about next week. But uh, until then, what do you think about this week? Night Swim, huh? Society of the Snow? What do you think? Always good to keep the conversation going. You can find us easily on Twitter. We are at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it is Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website, we can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast called Fright Club. All there for you at MadWolf.com. So uh, keep in touch. Hope you will. I uh, hope you're having a great start to the new year. Staying healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will talk next week. Until then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. Is it the zookeeper? Is it the... (laughs) I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.